you're needed this week. Glory to God. Hallelujah. All right, here we go. All righty. Here we go. <laughs> here we go. Oh, that's good. Yes, sir. This is what we're going to do. We're going to make this. This is what the Lord gave me while we were singing and praise and worship. And this is what we're going to declare over the nations in the name of Jesus. Are you ready? Because if there's ever a time that we need to open our mouth and declare over the nations, because we here today at Faithful Life Center, a.k.a. the depot, we are actually in a, a prayer and fast for the nation of Canada. We're praying and fasting for healing from Corona, anyone who's been affected by the coronavirus, which is everybody, whether you actually contracted disease or not, you've actually been affected by the this this pandemic known as the coronavirus, whether directly or indirectly, whether you're on restrictions, some people have lost their jobs, some people have lost their marriages, some people's addictions have gone up, all kinds of things have happened as a result of the coronavirus. So you it would be foolish to act like nobody's affected by it at all. In fact, we actually had a friend of ours uh, who actually, see, this is the thing. She was diagnosed with the coronavirus, but that is not what actually caused her to pass away. Because prior to coronavirus, she had been diagnosed with uh, a lympho in her, in her breast, a type of cancer, which she was actually in the process of being healed from. And then she was uh, attracted, contacted, contracted a coronavirus and her body just could not fight off both. So on her certificate, it will say coronavirus. That was not the reason why she passed. What actually caused her to pass was that was her body could not fight the coronavirus and fight off the, the cancer at the same time. So you have to be able to know what you when you hear about the deaths like you got to know there's usually a, like my my help dad my help dad transitioned here from this world and on his death certificate it says pneumonia but pneumonia was the last thing his body could not fight what he actually happened he had he had, contra he had, had shingles as a result of having a was a liver transplant and what people don't know about transplants, I'm a, I'm a huge advocate for transplants. But what the, you don't know is they give you medication to try to suppress your immune system because your body would naturally fight off that, that, new, that organ that did not belong to that body in the first place. So it suppressed his immune system so he could fight this. And he was on all kinds of medications. But... He caught, a, he caught pneumonia and he, his body could not fight it off. So I'm sharing all this with you is when you're hearing information coming across the news and when you're seeing stuff on Facebook and when you're seeing stuff on Instagram and Twitter and all that, you have to research it to make sure you're seeing the truth because everybody's platform has, a, has an agenda. I mean, right now in the United States, uh, by Tuesday, they'll be elected a new president. And I've lived in the United States. I've, I'm, a, I'm, a citizen, I'm in Canada now, but I live in the United States. And in my young lifetime, I have never seen it quite like that. And people believe that the country just became divided over the last 
uh, year, three or four years, but they are seriously short term minded. This is what the father told me this morning. He says people are short term, short term memory. Because if they really understand and look and went back, you will find out that when they was when they was trying to pass the what they call the Obamacare or the Affordable Health Care Act, the country was divided because you had people who who was in, who wanted it and you had people who were against it. The country was divided and it came down to one vote. In fact, today they still call it the Louisiana Purchase because that the guy, the the. The representative who was the deciding factor whether it was going to pass or fail, he was willing to do it if they would make, if the president, at the time President Obama, would make a executive act order, give an executive order to not force his state to have to pay for abortion. That was his whole issue. His, he didn't want to fund abortion. And the president said he would do it even though he could not legally do it. The country was divided. So that's why I tell people when I talk to people online and I talk to family and friend, you got to know the truth because it's the truth that's going to make you free. You got to know the truth. You got to know the facts. You got to you got to do your own research. You can't just listen to talking heads because I, we talked about this last week. If you watch the debates and you watch the elections, you're looking at the exact same thing. But people have two totally different views upon it. And it all really comes down to your perception. So. So why do I say all that? Because we're praying for the people here in the nation of Canada for healing uh, emotionally, financially, physically, we're praying for our government leaders, uh, Prime Minister Justin Trudeau, uh, and the, the Parliament, the House of Commons. And if I, if I, I'm telling you, you have to pay attention to what's going on behind the scenes because there's a bill that they're talking about right now that's in Parliament is passed its second reading about um, about conversion therapy, which we won't be able to get into today, but you got to read what's behind it because it will make it almost criminal to even mention what it is I just said. Not even from a pastor standpoint, from a parent standpoint, from a teacher standpoint, from a counselor standpoint, people are confused or people are struggling and they need help. And the last thing they need us to do is to be silent. We will not be silent. We will not be silent. We're going to we're going to tell people the truth no matter what. No matter what, we're going to tell people the truth and then we let people make their own decisions. We don't condemn people. We don't judge people. We don't put people in condemnation. If you ask me, what's my view? This is my view. And my view lines up with what the word of God says, period. And what he said, what the father also said is what people do is if they don't like something or they don't agree with something, all they do is change the definition to make it meet what it is they want it to mean. That's why you can't get caught up with everything that you. The only thing that doesn't waver is the word of God. It's the same today. 
It was the same yesterday. It was the same a thousand years ago. It was the same 10,000 years ago. There's nothing new under the sun. All this thing they tell people, tell people who are, in, who are Christians that they're, you know, you're regressing and we progressing. But I'm here to tell you, you did not come up with anything new. In fact, if you want me to show it to you, I can take you back in the Bible over 2,000 years, 4,000 years and show you the thing that you call it new. They was doing it then. Guess what? It did not work then. It will not work now. Glory to God. Why am I saying uh, he says, because I need you all to be like my prophets on the wall. He says, in according to Ezekiel 37, he says this. He says, the hand of the Lord was upon me. This is the prophet Ezekiel writing. The hand of the Lord was upon me and he brought me out by the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the middle of the valley. And it was full of bones. He caused me to pass among them round about. And behold, there were very many on the surface of the valley. And lo, they were very dry. He said to me, son of man, can these can these bones live? And I answered, oh, Lord, you know, in other words, God, you already know the answer to that question. And this is what the Lord said to us, to the man of God. He says, and again, again, he said to me, prophesy. What does that word prophesy mean? Proclaim, proclaim over these bones and say to them, oh, dry bones. Hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones. Behold, I will cause breath to enter into you. Enter into you that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you. Make flesh grow back on you. Cover you with skin and put breath in you that you may come alive and you will know that I am the Lord. So this is what the man of God did. He says, so I prophesied. What happened first? He heard the word of the Lord and then he said. He heard the word of the Lord and then he said. So this is what he's telling us to do. He says, I want you. And this is what we're going to do this morning. Morning. We're going to prophesy over the dry bones here in the nation of Canada. We're going to prophesy over the dry bones in the, in the United States of America. We're going to prophesy over the dry bones in the nation of Israel. What are we doing? We're going to speak life to them. We're going to speak. We're going to speak prophetically over them and we're going to command the dry bone. He didn't say ask the dry bones. He didn't say suggest the dry bones. He just said if you feel like a dry bones, he says, I want you to command. That means you have the authority to be able to do it. Are you listening to me? You have the authority to be able to do it. So this is what we're going to do. So, so, so this is what it's saying. So I prophesy as I was commanded and I prophesied and there was noise and behold a rattling and the bones came together bone to its bone. And I looked and behold, sinews were on them and flesh grew over them grew and skin covered them but there was no breath in them so this is what we're going to do glory to god hallelujah here we go say i prophesy say this after me i prophesy over these dry bones 
Old dry bones of Canada, of the United States of America, and the nation of Israel, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, I will cause breath to come into you, that you may come to life. I will put sinews on you. And make flesh grow back on you. Cover you with skin. And put breath in you. That you may come alive. And you would know. That I am the Lord. So be it. In Jesus name. Now we're going to prophesy. He said also son of man prophesy and say breath. Thus. Breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain, that they may come to life. So be it, in the name of Jesus. And they came to life, and stood on their foot, an exceedingly great army. In Jesus, name. In Jesus' name, so be it. So be it. Ministering angels, Ministering you go forth right now, forth right now and, cause and cause these things to come to pass, even as we have declared it. In Jesus' name. So he says, I need you to stop prophesying what the world is saying to you. I need you to begin to prophesy back to the world what I have given you to say unto this situation, to give you to say unto this circumstance, to give unto you to say unto this sickness and disease, to give unto you to say to this poverty and lack, to give unto you to say unto this, unto this divorce and the spirit of division. Because I'm telling you, if we keep if we keep parroting everything that the world is saying we're going to get exactly what it is the world is saying but when you begin to stand up with boldness and when you begin to stand up with accuracy and when you become stand up and not be afraid even in the midst of persecution and affliction and people turning their back on you and people making fun of you and people mocking you when you begin to stand up and you declare a decree with thus says the Lord, then guess what happens? You get what it is that God says. And when tests and trials hit and people are, have no hope and what people who have no hope are, they are most miserable. And if there's one thing I can tell you, it doesn't matter whether you're black or white, rich or poor, skinny or fat or what Canadian American, it doesn't matter who you are. In this point in time, you have a lot of people who do not have hope. So guess what he did? He raised you up for such a time as this to be his mouthpiece in the earth, to be his distribution center, to be his his hands and his finger and his mouthpiece and his eyes and ears to be able to love on the people and let them know there is a God who's still alive and there's a God who is well and there's the one who's well able to, to be able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that you ask or think according to the power that works on the inside of you.
Can I get one good amen in this church in Jesus' name? I'm telling you, right now, there is no time to be sitting by the wayline like you're at a spectator sport because them days is over. God needs the church to stand up and rise. And guess what we're not going to do? We're not going to judge. We're not going to condemn. We're not going to put people down. You know what we're going to do? We're going to love the sure enough food right off of them. You want to know why you're going to love the food off of them? Because that's exactly what he did to you. It says it's the goodness of God, not the condemnation of God, because God does not condemn. It's the goodness of God that leads people to repentance. Repentance simply means you have a changed mind, you have changed thinking, and therefore you have changed action. It's the goodness of God that leads a man to repentance. It leads you to repentance. It draws you out. Think about it like this. When you was acting a fool, thought you was cool and thought you had it going on like popcorn. And then you found out, man, God loved you even in the midst of all your foolishness. I know me. I was on an Amtrak track to hell. I was tripping. I was crazy. I didn't even realize I was, I was crazy. That's how blind people are. You don't even realize that you're crazy until you get exposed to the light. It's not about this party. It's not about that party, because regardless of what party is in is in parliament, regardless of what party that's in the White House, regardless of what party is over in the Knesset. Guess what? You're still have a responsibility to pray for that person. You can't. This is what God said to me. He says, you cannot pray for people that you hate. You cannot pray for people that you're mad at. You cannot even pray for people that you have all against. Why? Because your heart is so hardened towards them that even if God says, I need you to pray for them, you will refuse and do, won't do it. I'm going to tell you what I'm, I'm going to tell, tell you all because I told I, I sent Doug this message the other day that I had. I sent to these pastors in regard to that bill. Six, I said it was 60. I found out it was actually 85, 85 pastors. Within Canada, I sent this message to you in town, told him, you cannot be silent. We're not going to hold aught against anybody. We're not going to be bitter. But what we're going to do is we're going to pray that, the, that they receive the spirit of wisdom and revelation and the knowledge of him, that the eyes of their understanding be enlightened, that they may truly know what is the hope of his calling. We also pray the labors are being dispatched across their pathway to be able to manifest the salvation that Jesus, that they might have the life that Jesus came and made available to them. All they have to do is to receive it. See, God doesn't hate people. He hates sin. And the reason why he hates sin, because the sin will destroy the people. Understand, he loves people. You know what? You can bust hell wide open. Guess what? He's still going to love you. He going Jesus will weep for you because you because you had an opportunity where you didn't have to go, but he loves you. You don't believe me? Go read Psalms 139. Where if I make my if I ascend into heaven, you are there. If I make my bed in hell, there are you also. It, he, he loves people. He just hates the sin because sin will destroy the people. So what do we what do we start doing? When you were, when you weren't born again, what did, what do you think people was doing? They were praying for you behind. I know my parents prayed for me. They wore out knee pads praying for me, and it worked. I'm living proof. It works. Whew. We make the declaration that the Spirit of the Lord God is upon me, for He has anointed me. 
to preach good tidings unto the meek. He sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captain, open to the prison to them that are bound, to proclaim the acceptable year of the Lord, the day of vengeance of our God, and to comfort all who mourn, to give unto them who mourn uh, beauty for ashes, oil of joy for mourning, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, that they might be called the trees of righteousness, the planting of the Lord, that he might be glorified. And they will build up the old waste, and they shall raise up the former desolations, and they shall repair the waste cities, the desolation of many generations. So, Father, we give you glory, honor, and praise, and thank you in the name of Jesus for this opportunity in your word. We thank you that our preaching and teaching will not be with enticing words of man's wisdom, but, Father, let it be a demonstration of spirit and of power. Holy Spirit, you're already here. Continue to move up and down each and every aisle, touching each and every person right now. We thank you for it right now. We thank you for it in Jesus name. Amen. Now, this is the word he just gave me to say. He said, your body of Christ, this is what I need you to do in the quarters of Isaiah chapter 60 and verse number one. He says, I need you to arise and shine for the light is come and the glory of the Lord is up, risen upon you. For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness to people. But the Lord shall arise upon you and his glory shall be seen upon you. And the Gentiles, those who are not in covenant, shall come to your light and kings in the brightness of his rising. So God is saying, I need you, you to rise and shine. What did he say? Rise and shine. Not just rise, but rise and shine. Why? Because the glory of the manifested presence of God is risen upon you. So what we talked about this a few weeks ago. It says what happens when light shines into darkness? It exposes what's going on in the dark. It exposes what's going on in the dark. But this is the instruction that he told me to give unto you this morning. He said this. He says, there's a war going on. Whether you know it or not, whether you believe it or not, there's a war going on. He said, this is where the battle is taking place. Now, you're seeing it manifest in the street, but this is where the battle is taking place. He says, in accordance to 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verses 3 through 5, he says this, reading out of Amplified. He says, though we walk or live in the flesh, we are not carrying out our warfare according to the flesh and using mere human weapons. For the weapons of our warfare are not physical weapons of the flesh and blood. But they are mighty before God for the overthrow and destruction of strongholds. Now, we talked about this before, how strongholds are wrong pattern of thinking. In, in fact, they are fortified patterns of thinking that have been established in your mind. In your, which is in your soul, which is your mind, will and emotions, which are established in your homes, which are established in your communities, which are established in your cities, your provinces and your nations. So even cities, provinces and nations have are, 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 are subject and have strongholds established in them. Those are fortified wrong patterns of thinking. 
in so much as we refute those arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that sets itself up against the word of God. So any arguments or theories or reasonings that try to exalt themselves higher than what it is that the word of God says, we are to reject them. We are to pull them down. We are to cast them down and put and exalt the word of God above that. So when you hear something on the news, you should be like, well, man, that don't line up with the word. I cast that thought down in the name of Jesus because the word of God says this. If my body's telling me it's sick, just like we talked about last week, call those things to be not as though they were. Hey, I don't deny the fact that that's what the doctor says. But the truth of God's word says that by Jesus stripes, I am healed. And I hope I exalt that. His word above what it is the doctor's report says. Do y'all see the difference between the two? It's not denying that it's going on, kind of like the coronavirus. We're not denying is the fact that it's going on. What we're saying is we are refuting the fact that it has a right to have any place in our homes, in our families, in our cities, our provinces, in our nations. And we're telling it, you got to go in Jesus' name. Are you listening to me? So the battle is either going to be won or lost in your mind. For the word of God says in Proverbs chapter 23, I believe it's verse 7 says this, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he, or so he becomes. So whatever it is, however you see you, that's the way that the rest of the world is going to see you because that's the way you're going to carry out your actions. If, 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 if you believe that it's all right, and this is something Jewan and I joke about when I first came to Canada was Matching was not something that was necessarily important because for me, I have to coordinate. I got to my my shirt, my, my shoes. I got to coordinate when I came here wearing stripes and plaids and different multiple colors, looking like a walking bag of Skittles was no big deal. She I, I was like, you know, it's high waters back in high waters. Is, but she told me that was a French style where you wear your pants a few inches higher than uh, the, the top of your shoes. From where I came from, people would make fun of you and to let you know that according to Genesis chapter eight, the Lord said never again by water. Let him down. So. Point being is when you have different patterns of thinking, you will respond to situations and circumstances differently. And that's what you're seeing all around, you know, all around the nation and all around your province and in your community. People are seeing the exact same things, but because they have different patterns of thinking, they're responding two totally different ways. So if you already know that there's strongholds or fortified patterns of thinking and there's arguments and theories and reasonings that are trying to exalt themselves against the word of God, what does God expect you to do? He expects you to guard your heart. You got to guard your heart. See, there's three entrances into your heart. Now, when I'm talking about your heart, I'm talking about your spirit, man. So you, you have your eyes. You have your ears and you have what comes out of your mouth. So whatever you take in with your eyes, whatever you take in with your ears, whatever you're saying out of your mouth goes directly into your heart. Why? Because it, once it comes out of your mouth, it goes back into your ears. Once it goes into your ears, it goes into your heart. 
once, it, once you put it before your eyes, it goes down into your heart. In fact, you know, uh, a lot of times what people do is they take snapshots. If you go on Facebook, we call that the highlight reel. They show you the highlight picture. Now, you will see the picture and you'll be like, oh, they look so good. But you don't know that that's the 20th take. There was 19 other takes, pit shots of that picture that did not make the cut. And that final one, they were like, oh, that's the one that's really, that is the, that's the best one. People always put, put their best foot forward. It's like people who are dealing with plastic surgery. They get the plastic surgery to try to fix something externally uh, that's going on internally. See, God works from the inside out. The world works from the outside in. Let me make it look good, even if it ain't good. God says, let me make it good on the inside, and then you will begin to see the fruit on the outside. Do y'all see the difference between the two? But if all you do is just work on the outside, and I mean, you know, I can go to the gym every day. And I mean, I remember when I first got born again, I was, I mean, I was diesel. I mean, you know, bam, I'm muscling and cutting, chiseled and everything. And I just got born again. I was standing in front of the mirror. I never forget this. He says, on the outside, you are muscular, you are toned. He says, but your spirit man on the inside, and then he used a reference that I, I can really understand. He said, it's like a small Ethiopian child. And when he said that, I understood that my physical man was strong, but my inner man was was weak. He says, I need your inner man to be as strong as your outer man. I said, how do I go about doing that? He says, this is how you do it. He says, my son, in accordance to Proverbs chapter, uh, Proverbs chapter four, he says, my son, attend to my words, consent and submit to my sayings. Let them not depart from your eyes. Keep them into center of your heart. What? God's word. Why you want to keep them before your eyes? Uh, keep them in the center of your heart. Because for they are life to those who find them and healing and health to all their flesh. So you're mean to tell me if I hold on to the word of God, it will cause me to have life. It will cause me to have healing and it will cause me to have health. Did y'all hear that? If you keep the word of God before your eyes in the center of your heart, it will cause you to have health and healing and life. What kind of life? The God kind of life. He says, keep and guard your heart with all diligence. And vigilance. And above that, you guard. Why? For out of the flow of the springs, for out of your heart flows the springs of life. Out of your heart flows the springs of life. In fact, in Matthew, in Matthew 12, it talks about how out of the abundance of your heart, your mouth will speak. So what is but before you ever kill somebody, it was already in your heart. Before you ever cuss somebody out, it was already in your heart. Before you looked at that person like, boo, 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 it was already in your heart. He says, when you guard your heart with all diligence, he said, because out of it flow the very issues of life. He also says, put away from you false and dishonest speech. And willful and contrary talk put far from you. Now, if you read the book of Proverbs, it man, it's the, called the book of wisdom. And it's called the book of wisdom because if you apply it to your everyday life, there's 31 books of Proverbs. So this is what we tell people. 
read uh, whatever calendar today it is. Like today is November the 1st. You will read Proverbs chapter 1. Tomorrow you will read Proverbs chapter 2. Whatever date it is that, of that month, you read that proverb. When, by the time you read that over and over and over again to yourself, you know what it's doing? It's causing you to see life and it's causing you to receive healing and health because you're looking at things all together different. Are y'all with me this morning? Can y'all see this, right? Y'all see what, can y'all see this? Because he says the battle is won or lost in your mind. And the thing that causes, causes how you're going to, causes theories and reasonings and, and arguments to exalt themselves against the word of God are the things that you hear and see that are going on around you every single day. So if you watch the news, that's why I watch the news long enough to find out what I need to pray for. And then we shut it off. And the whole time when I hear something across the news, I talk right back to the news. The devil is a lie. Not on my watch is going to happen. Mm -mm. I declare. And this is what I say. <laughs> and my lovely like, you do realize they can't hear you. I said they may not be able to hear me, but the devil sure can. <laughs> she be like, okay, praise the Lord. So what do you do? You be I talk back to the TV. I talk back to Facebook. I tell you, man, you a lie. That ain't true. That ain't, that ain't what the word of God says. You can be a man, a, a woman of God with a title behind your name. And if what you say don't line up with the word, that is not true. There's nothing, there's nothing scripturally that, will, that, that supports that. You are not telling the truth. In fact, you will, if you don't make, I pray that they repent because if they don't repent, judgment is going to come to their house. Not because it's God's will, but because when he says don't add anything to the word, don't take anything away from it. That's why we only read the word and make, let you make a decision what you're going to do with it. We said this last week, what you're going to do when the word comes for you, what you're going to do? Glory to God. Now, this is something I'm going to share with you. This is I have never shared this before publicly, but I'm going to share it with you today. Can, and I got like. Ten minutes. I'm going to share something with you today that I have never shared across the pulpit. We're going to talk about one of the only spirits that's ever named in the Bible. And this is what the father showed me the other day, yesterday. Friday. I was in prayer with the father on Friday and we're going, I'm going, we're going through this message today. I mean, there's so much, I'm only on point two of the message, but there's so many things you showed me today, but this is what you got to get when you walk out of here, because this is what's happening in your house. This is what's happening in your city. This is what's happening in your province. This is what's happening in your community. This is what's happening in the nation. In fact, he says, this is going on all around the world. You're looking at the wrong people. See, Ezekiel, uh, uh, Ephesians chapter six says this, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood. But against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, against spiritual wickedness in high places. But first, before he says that, he says this, he says, be strong in the Lord. In Ephesians chapter six, verse 10, he says, be strong in the Lord and the power of his might. Put on the whole arm of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes, the trickeries, the plots, the methodologies of the adversary. Who did he say you got to stand against the, the schemes, trickeries, plots? of the adversary. 
Why? Because you're, you're not wrestling against flesh and blood. You're not wrestling against Bobby. You're not wrestling against crazy Susie. You're not wrestling against anything. I, I tell you what, I have witnessed over the last few weeks, I know a young lady who's been in training with this, with this young lady, this other young lady who works for the same company. And when you listen to this person, when I tell you what she's, what she's actually battling it against, it's not that individual. It's the spirit behind that individual. See, the same way God uses you and me because we have received Jesus and Holy Spirit on the inside of us, the same way the adversary uses other people to carry out his assignment in the earth, particularly if they do not know God. And guess, newsflash, even if you know God and you yield to the adversary's plot schemes and tricks, you can be used by the adversary to oppress somebody else. Do y'all hear me? You yourself can be used, particularly with husbands and wives, can be used against one another to carry out the adversary's plot to do exactly what we're about to talk about in, in just a second. Are y'all interested to find out? Here we go. Glory to God. Now, we're going to talk for a few minutes about the spirit of Python. The spirit of Python. Now, one of the only named spirits in the Bible the python spirit is a calling. And you know what a python is? Python is a snake. And what does a python do? How does it kill its prey? It wraps itself around it and calls around that individual. And what does the and what does the spirit of python do? It wraps it, tries to wrap itself around you. And just like a, a python snake, what it does is every time you gasp for air, it tightens itself up around you. Now, the spirit of Python works this way. It coal is a calling spirit that works to squeeze out the breath of life, the Holy Spirit, and cut you, cut your lifeline to God, prayer. So its goal is to get you to no longer yield to follow Holy Spirit and to cut you off from in prayer. It wants you, it, its goal is to get you to stop. Now to order and to accomplish this, it's just, this is the accomplishes daily agenda is to get you to be cut off from Holy Spirit and to not pray to God. The way that he goes about doing it is this. It will remind you of wounds from your past. Surround you with ungodly influence that tempt you to compromise the word of God or just barrage you with circumstances that knock the wind out of you. So what does it do? It continues to remind you of your past hurts, failings, and wounds. It tempts you, it surrounds you, has you surrounded with people that influence you to compromise the word of God. And it just bombards you with circumstances and situations. Now, symptoms of a python spirit, this is how you can know if you've ever been a... Now, if you're a believer, it cannot, it cannot possess you. The only thing it can do is oppress you. Did y'all hear what I said? It cannot possess you, but it can oppress you. Now, symptoms of a python's attack may include weariness, a loss of passion to worship and pray, Feeling pressured 
overwhelmed, helpless, and even hopeless. Can anybody think of a time that that would class you would be categorized as that? You were weary. You had a loss of passion to worship and pray. You feeling pressured, overwhelmed, helpless, and even hopeless. The, you know, the severity of these symptoms depends on how long this enemy has been calling uh, itself around you and how much pressure it has applied. The python spirit also had back now. Most people will say, well, that only happens to people who aren't strong in the Lord. Because so I'm strong in the Lord and his power is mine. That will never happen to me. Well, let me let you know it happened to the Apostle Paul. Would anybody say Paul was strong in the Lord? Would anybody say that Paul had a strong relationship with, with the Lord? But let me show you, because I know when I said the spirit of Python, you say, like, where did that come from? It's in your Bible. It is the Greek word for divination. The spirit of divination. You know what a, a spirit of divination is? Soothsayers. Fortune tellers. Psychics. Tarot card readers. Palm readers. Are you listening to me? That is a spirit of divination or Python spirit. Now, in accordance to Acts 16, boy, I tell you what, Acts 16, verse 16 through 18, it says this. I'm reading out in a new American translation. It says, It happened that as we were going to the place of prayer, a slave girl having a spirit of divination met us. This is Paul. He says, who was bringing her master's much profit by fortune telling. Following after Paul and us, she kept crying out, saying, these men are bond servants of the most high God who are proclaiming to you the way of salvation. She continued doing this for many days. But Paul was greatly annoyed and turned and said to the spirit. Did he say he said it to the girl? He turned and said to the spirit. What spirit? The spirit of divination. I command you in the name of Jesus Christ to come out of her. And it came out at that very moment. Who was Paul talking to again? He's talked to the spirit. Why? Because he realized his battle was not against is not against flesh and blood. He talked to the spirit and the spirit obeyed him. How, when? When he used the name of Jesus. So people think there's a, a zodiac sign. All that all that has to do with the same spirit of divination. God never told you to try to find out what your future was going to be or what your day was going to be like based off a zodiac sign. People say, what sign are you, Christian? I know that, but what sign are you, you know, under the zodiac? Man, I ain't under no zodiac, bro. I am a, because, you know that, what, what that's part of? Moon, moon worship. All that's dealing with moon worship and, and, and uh, stellar and all that other good stuff. Divination, D-I-V-I, -I, 
N-A-T-I-O-N, divination. It's the Greek word puthon, P-U-T-H-O-N. And it means divination or soothsayers. Do y'all see that? So what happens is, is this, it says, when the man, now think about this, when the man, uh, uh, when the man of, was on, of prayer started heading to the house of prayer, the spirit launched its first attack against him. A distraction followed by a full-blown trail that aimed to take him off of his purpose. So his agenda is to get you to stop praying, to get you to stop yielding to the Holy Spirit, to get you off of your purpose. Do you understand that? His, 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 his desire is to get you to stop praying, to get you out of your purpose. And how does he do it? By trying to pressure you and pressure you and pressure you and pressure you till you say, I might as well quit. I might as well give up. This Bible stuff is not working. I, I tried it. It didn't work. So I'm going to go back to what it is I know. It's a distraction followed by a full blown trail. Aim to take you out of your purpose. Now, Python knows. Now, this is the thing. The Python spirit knows it has no authority in a city that prays in the presence of God. So what did God just tell us to do? Prophesy to these dry bones. Pray for this nation. Pray for the people of this nation. Pray for healing. Pray for unity. Pray for this, this nation to repent and return back unto God. The Python spirit knows he has no authority over a city where the presence of God is. Guess what? The Python spirit also knows he has no, spirit, no authority over a person who has the presence of God on, residing on the inside of them. And they actually operate in that authority. So it, so it works to distract people from praying so they can't fulfill their purpose. That's why if you ever call Sister Juan and I, what we're going to ask you to do is what have you been confessing in prayer? What are you what scripture are you standing on in prayer? Because we're going to take our faith and add it with your faith so that you can get the result that you're believing God for. But if you're not praying, I can already tell you what your first issue is. You are not praying because if you call us, we're going to pray to get an answer. We tell people, take out the middleman. You can pray and God will give you an answer too. Now, Python would rather watch you lick your wounds than pray to a healing God. Python would rather you complain or gossip than to take your promise, your problems to a miracle working God. Python would rather distract you with attacks, trials, persecutions than see you press into a gracious God for deliverance. But he says not at the today. He says, because the day I've shined a light on him and you know exactly what's trying to come up against you. He says, but at the today and you make the decision, I am no longer going to allow a python into my life. I take authority over him now in the name of Jesus. And just like Paul said, I command it to go right now in Jesus name. Now, it also goes on and says, Again, Python's ultimate goal is to put you in bondage and dwarf your purpose. You may be going through the motions, but you feel dead on the inside because Python has squeezed the life out of you. When you rise up, 
Remember, rise and shine. When you rise up in your Christ given authority against Python, the battle ensues. Prayer and praise are what Python is trying to stop. But prayer and praise is what will set you free. Do y'all see that? I have seen someone be, be getting attacked, and I know they was being attacked. And when they begin to pray in the Holy Ghost, yeah. you know what happened? It had it broke his it broke his hands off of that person. God told him every time you every time you sense something, every time it sense like you can barely breathe. And you, when you feel like you can barely breathe, you already know you are under attack. What do you begin to do? You begin to praise. You begin to worship. And what happens? You're bringing the, the very presence of God on the scene. When you bring the very presence of God in on the scene, what happens? Burdens are removed. Yokes are destroyed. But you would never know any of this if you don't realize that you're not battling against flesh and blood. But there's spirits, there's spirits that operate in people to try to come against you, to try to persecute you. Do y'all see that? This is a battle. But guess what? You've already got the victory because Jesus has already overcome the world. And because you have faith in him, you have already overcome the world as well. Do y'all see that? Now, this is what we're going to do. We bind the spirit. We speak to that spirit of Python that's trying to operate on anyone under the sound of my voice. Anyone watching this by YouTube, anyone watching this by Facebook, anyone can hear. We, we command you in the name of Jesus. Come out of them now in the name of Jesus. And we command you to go to the dry places right now in Jesus name. We bind you in every operation you had against them. You will cease in your maneuvers and desist in your operations against them now in Jesus name. We believe that they are filled, filled with the spirit of God, filled with the word of God, sitting under the word of God, getting filled up with wisdom, knowledge, with understanding to be able to be doers of the word and not hear it. We plead the blood of Jesus over them. From the crown of their heads to the very soles of their feet. We plead the blood of Jesus over this city, over this province, over this nation, over the United States, over Israel, over the entire world. We plead the blood. We overcame by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony. We declare in the name of Jesus, Jesus is Lord. We call it done right now. We call it done right now. Burdens are being removed. Jokes are being destroyed. He says chains, chains are falling off. And they're falling off right now. In Jesus' name. Now we lift up our hands, Father, and give you praise, and we give you glory, and we give you honor. In Jesus' name, amen. We thank you, we honor you, and praise you for it. In the holy, matchless name, which is above every name. The name of Jesus. Amen. All righty then. Well, glory to God. Hi, hallelujah. Man, I tell you what, praise to I'm gonna have to go back and listen to this again myself. Glory to God. And if this is your very first time and you've never made Jesus the Lord of your life, I'd like to give you an opportunity to do that. Because that's where it all begins. You can pray 
uh, the prayer. But if you haven't made Jesus the Lord of your life, the only thing that's changed is some people say, well, I've been baptized. Well, let me help you. Baptism doesn't save you. What saves you is acknowledging Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior. And baptism is only an outward demonstration of an inward witness. Now, I'm going to give you an opportunity to operate in that today. Just simply repeat this after me. Dear Heavenly Father, in the name of Jesus, I do believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. I believe he died for me on the cross and carried my sins for me. Lord Jesus, come into my heart and save me now. I repent of my sins. I'm sorry, Lord. And accept your offer of forgiveness. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. With the baptism of Holy Spirit and speaking in tongues. I receive it right now in Jesus' name. I'm healed. I'm whole. I'm delivered. I'm set free. In Jesus' name. Amen. Now, if you pray that prayer for the very first time, we'd like to welcome you to the kingdom of God, welcome you into the body of Christ. And man, send us an email at info at faithfullifeottawa.com. We'd love to get some information out to you and into your hands that will help you know, where do I go from here? Because, man, getting born again is great, but just like a natural born baby, you've never been born again before. So you're going to know, want to have to know how to live this life out. And we'd love to help you with that. Also, we'd like to announce that on December the 12th, we will be meeting at, at, at Greeley Food Land, passing out gift, uh, gift cards and gift certificates. We've already talked to the management over there. So December the 12th, between the hours of 10 and 11, we'll be out there. One gift card per family to be able to use it, uh, uh, Greeley Food Land. And man, they were excited that uh, we contacted them. So we want to be a blessing to the community in the name of Jesus. Also, we want to thank everybody for for your prayers uh, as we have. Man, we're navigating through this time because it's it's an interesting time for everyone. So it's not just you. Everybody's going. Everybody's going through something. So we just want to know, let you know that we love you. We thank God for you, and we also want to give you an opportunity to. Participate with us in this part here. Um, another part of service, we will worship the Lord with our giving. And this is what it says here in Luke chapter 6. He says, uh, But love ye your enemies. Pause and think about that. Love your enemies. <laughs> he says, And do good and lend, hoping for nothing. Again, and your reward shall be great, and you shall be the children of the highest, for he is kind unto the unthankful and to the evil. Be ye therefore merciful, as your Father is also merciful. Judge not, and you shall not be judged. Condemn not, and you shall not condemn. Uh, giving you shall be forgiven. Forgiving you shall be forgiven. Giving it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, shall men give into your bosom. The same measure to which you meet, it shall be measured again unto you. So he is telling you the principal thing is 
whatever you sow, to what degree you sow, you shall receive back. Whether it's forgiveness, whether it's condemnation, whether it's judgment, whether it's forgiveness. But we're talking about sowing tithes and offerings into the kingdom of God. So lift, you, lift it up before the great high priest, our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Father God in heaven, we thank God and praise you in the name of Jesus for this opportunity to sow into the kingdom of God through Faithful Life Center. We thank you, Father God, a seed meets any need. Minister angels, go forth now and cause our harvest to come, but we have need of it for the kingdom's sake as well as our own. And say, we command you, take your hands off of our harvest. We command we receive our harvest right now in Jesus' name. Minister angels, we loose you to go forth and cause it to come. Satan, you, we counsel every plot, every scheme, every trick, every distraction that you had to try to get our harvest and our monies from us we received a hundredfold return father we thank you that you made all grace abound towards us so we always have an all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work we're a blessed land a delightsome land and you have rebuked it about for our sake and you've opened up the windows of heaven that we would not have room enough to receive we thank you for it now in jesus name amen, amen. so we want to thank you all again for joining us today we will see you all here next week God bless you and have a good day.